A thank you to our sponsors, the For Us, Buy Us Fund, which supports Black, Brown, Indigenous, and people of color living their best life in Maine. In the Pocket, a talk show that showcases Mainers, who are people of color. Each episode represents a member of the Maine community from art, culture, and business, the earth, wind, and fire of life. Embracing and exploring the Black diaspora and descendants of American slavery through conversation is the foundational concept of In the Pocket. The overall mission of In the Pocket is to create conversational space for all people of color that is documented and celebrated through sharing of life experiences. If you like what you're hearing and want to hear it again or want to check out our archive of past shows, look for us at in the pocket.captivate.fm or search in the pocket on iTunes or wherever you like to listen to podcasts. Find us on Facebook and Instagram at in the pocket and give us a follow so you never miss a show. Thank you listeners for tuning in to in the pocket. I'm your host, Flo Edwards, and my guest today is Jackie Edwards. And yes, you might have guessed or deduced that that might be a relative. She happens to be my mom, um, so her introduction on my end is the best mom in the world, and she's a retired financial planner, as well as um, has volunteered for the Maine Democrats, as well as Maine's People's Alliance. Uh, So please, mom slash Jackie, introduce yourself. Uh, hello, um, my name is Jackie Edwards. Well, it's really Jacqueline Edwards, but um, I let people call me Jackie. Um, I have two children. One is a dentist and one is an accountant. I moved to Maine in 1993 from New York, and I'm still here. At the time I moved here, because uh, my husband, um, when he was alive, was working in the post office and was transferred to Maine. So that's why I ended up from New York to Maine. Thank you for sharing. And I always, when I tell people why um, we ended up in Maine, I say that dad had several places to go to and out of the places, Maine had the best public uh, school systems. So true. So true. Not and as well as he was an outdoors person. Maine is a great place to live if you like to do things outdoors. Uh, so uh, that was another reason. Great. So I know we talked about you've done some volunteering for political organizations, and some of the volunteering that you've done involved you going to the Capitol and testifying. For people who've never done that, can you kind of break it down so they're not as intimidated if they're ever asked or thought they should testify? Well, um, I'm a a nervous person all the time. And um, I was volunteering with uh, um, Maine's People's Alliance. And we, uh, one of the things that they do on a regular basis Uh, is take people up to the Capitol and testify for certain bills to try to get certain bills 
passed that that need to be passed, especially um, ones for like uh, med- medical and and housing and and uh, jobs. Um, so the first time I went, uh, I was very nervous, but having a group behind you, they um, recommend that you write down your your testimony and not try to memorize it, but to have an idea of what you want to say and make sure it covers uh, the points that you want to get across to the representatives who are are listening to you at the state house. So it was nervous. I I could tell when I started, I was nervous. And, but because I had that testimony in front of me and I wrote it in big letters so that (laughs) I could read it easily, uh, it went through, um, I think I was up there for maybe five minutes or less, but I said everything I wanted to say because it was on paper and I didn't have to think about it. It was right in front of me. But it was a great experience because you. a lot of people um, think that only have to do um, um, to be a good citizen is to vote. And I thought that way too. But trying to be more actively involved in the government and hold our legislators accountable to us because they work for us, we don't work for them. Uh, doing that testimony really showed me that this is what we should do at least once in our life. Have you done it once or a couple of times? Uh, I think I did it three times. Was it all for the same issue or different ones? No, it was for different issues. Did any of those bills pass that you testified on? You know, I can't remember the names of the bills, but they did. They did pass. Yes. And I think having, uh, there were several different uh, groups up there and having as many groups as possible, having as many people, ordinary people like myself speak, I think that helped to for the legislators to see that this is important for their constituents. Well said. Thank you very much. You're welcome. So you are a retired financial planner. And I feel like in these times of, and I guess that these times are always existent, but maybe COVID has heightened these issues for people. Um, how can, or what are like the percentages people should be putting towards savings retirement and does that change as they get older so if you're in your 20s where do you start and then when in your like your 50s where you go okay um so basically the earliest the if you start earlier you have a longer time for your retirement savings to earn money and compound and grow So if you're in your 20s, you don't have to actually max out on the amount of money that you can legally save for retirement. But if you can't afford to do that, that's a good time to do it. Because usually you're still living with your parents. So you really don't need to spend your whole check on you. Uh, So you could max out your contributions, whatever that might be for that year and 
that money will have almost 40 years to, to, to uh, grow for you. Um, also, uh, if you're living with your parents in your, in your 20s, this is a good time to start uh, putting away money for an emergency fund because we never know when that'll pop up. Uh, you could lose your job and it might take you uh, more than a month to find another job. So you have money to, still to survive on. Um, so I usually tell people, and it's very hard, especially depending on, I'm sure you say it's very hard for everyone, depending on uh, your situation. If you're living at home, it should be easier for you to start saving an emergency fund. And that should be anywhere from one to three months of your expenses, your monthly expenses. Uh, three months is better. Uh -huh. um, and with things, with this pandemic that we are still going through, six months is even better because you, you just never know. And that's money that you're gonna put aside for emergency. That's not for vacation. That's for emergencies. <laughs> It's important if you have an employer who participates in a retirement plan that you participate in that plan as well. It's very important. Uh, some employers uh, will give you or match the percentage that you put in, put into the retirement plan. So for instance, if you are, uh, if your employer, if you put in 4%, and your employer will match that 4%, you've automatically doubled your money already because they're gonna put in exactly what you put in. Um, and believe me, um, I've been retired for 12 years and I've not had to use my emergency fund only to help um, for maintenance in, at, in, the, in uh, taking care of my house. I haven't, to, to use it to uh, for anything else. Putting that money away as soon as possible is the best thing that you can do. You might think that it's hard to do, and it may be hard initially, but you'll get used to it. Uh, you put that money away before you get your check, you, you, you don't see it. It's gone before you get your check, you don't see it. But when you get ready to retire, you'll see that you have a nice retirement plan on top of your social security um, income, as well as hopefully a good savings uh, on the side uh, for retirement and you'll be set. I love how you talk about you don't want to basically throw away free money. So if your employer is gonna match you a percentage, you should at least be putting away what they will match so that you can get that free money. And it's money that you've earned because they're gonna, it's your employer giving it to you, but they only give it to you if you are contributing to, let's say a 401k. And if you work for a nonprofit, what is it? Is it a? A 403b. 403b, thank you. Yeah, that's nonprofit. It's the same thing as a 401k, but one is for profit organizations or employers and one is for nonprofit. But also bear in mind that that money that you put away, that's it's tax deferred. So you're not paying taxes on that, which is another good thing because it's tax deferred, it lowers your taxable income. So while you're saving that money, the, the, the taxes that you pay at the end of the year will be less. 
But when you start taking that money out to use it, of course, you're going to have to pay taxes from that on that income. But usually at retirement, your income is lower than when you are actually working. So that helps you in a lower income bracket. I also liked how you mentioned the emergency plan or emergency fund and having three to six months especially after or during the pandemic six months is probably great i've even read about people having up to a year of expenses Mm -hmm. and i feel like it should be noted that some of those expenses might not be netflix it should be expenses (laughs) (laughs) that are vital to you having a, a healthy existence yes Yes, like if you, you know, you're paying your mortgage, you got to have that, or rent, you have, you have to have that money. Uh, utilities, um, medical bills, uh, food, uh, as well as gas. Here, we don't have uh, a great public transportation system, so gas is important. Um, and then you want to think about putting money aside as well for uh um, maintenance on your car, um, um, registering your car. And if, if you are not working and you still need that car to get back and forth to work and it's time to register that car, you want to have that money in your emergency fund. So percentage-wise, how much should your income be put towards your rent or your mortgage? It depends on where you live, but living in Maine, I think it shouldn't should not be more than twenty five percent of your monthly income. That's on a high level, but for some places, or or if you own a home, it might end up being twenty five percent of your monthly income. Is that before taxes or after taxes? That would be uh, after tax. And when you said. You have your 401k, and then you'd also want to have savings. Is there particular accounts that you'd recommend putting an emergency fund in or just any types of savings? Well, we're not earning a lot of interest on savings or, or money market accounts, but you would want to put your emergency fund in something where you're not going to lose money. So savings account would be the best place to put it because it's federally insured. Uh, Some money market accounts are good too, but you have to be sure that um, you're not going to lose any money in that money market account. It should be insured at some some way. Whatever you put in, you, you at least get that amount out. You might not earn anything, but you get your principal amount out. Um, so Basically, that's how that's that's supposed to be safe money. So you don't want to put it somewhere where you're taking um, a risk with that type of. And in the 401k accounts, or what was it a 50403? 403b. 403b. They usually are. What are the names of the funds that your money is going into? Okay, so. Uh, you have um, an equity or a stock fund. 
you'll have a real estate fund, you'll have um, a, a money market fund, um, you'll have, for some accounts, you'll have a guaranteed fund. That's sort of like a bank account as well. Did I say in a bond fund? Should they be diversified? Um, what What do you recommend for like percentages to kind of look at? Well, it should be diversified. Um, the younger you are, the, the more chance you can take with your retirement account. Um, so that means you could put more of your money in equity than the other type of investments like uh, bonds or real estate. But if you're risk diverse and some people can't deal with uh, the equity market that can go up and down at any time, um, then maybe it would be better for that person to use something a little bit safer like a bond account or even a real estate account as opposed to an equity account or don't put as much in an equity account. Put like maybe 10 to 25% in an equity account um, because you don't want to get, when the market takes a downturn, you don't want to go into your retirement account and move the money out of equity into something else. That's the wrong time to move your money because you bought it at a higher rate and now you're moving it out at a lower rate. So you're actually going to lose money. So you have to sit still and just wait for the market to recover. We've had bad markets uh, and they always come back. Sometimes it takes longer than others, but the stock market has always come back. So just don't put more into the stock market that you think you can, can risk at any point. And when you say equity, that is stocks. That, that's the stocks, yes. I myself have been looking into brokerage accounts as well because, like you said, um, in order for you to access your 401k or your 403b, you have to be of retirement age. Um, yes. But if you have a brokerage account, you can access stocks and bonds, invest in those or save if you like, and take out what you've earned or what you don't want to have turn into compound um, and have it keep feeding itself so that you can access your funds faster, kind of more liquid, basically. Right. That's a, a good thing to do on top of your emergency fund. So if you, because again, emergency fund, you need a certain amount of money and you need that money to always be available and not to decline or decrease. So yes, a brokerage account is good to have because uh, you can take advantage of, uh, of the stock market um, or whatever funds that they offer and you don't have to wait until retirement age to take that money out because with a retirement account, if you take the money out before 59 and a half, you have to pay a penalty, basically. And, and you don't want to do that. But with a, a brokerage account, you can take that, depending on their rules, that that brokerage account, you can take the money out usually at, at any time. And 
if you are, are investing in um, funds that pay dividends and you have the dividend uh, amount, always go to your money market account. Again, that can be used as a savings account in your brokerage uh, account. Then that's where you, you could uh, build up money really great and very quick. And if you need to access money, you can go directly to that money market account and take the money out of the money market account and you still have the same amount of money in your different other funds in that brokerage account, still earning money and paying dividends at the same time. I like how you talked about the dividends going into a money market account or not and still having it repurchasing the stocks or bonds. Yes. Yes, you could do that too. We purchase uh, the investments that you're in. Yeah. Well, you answer those questions so thoroughly. I really appreciate that. I hope people have walked away with a little bit of knowledge concerning what to do with funds. Um, have you heard of the FIRE movement? FIRE movement? No. And so, what is that about? So, FIRE movement stands it's an acronym for financial independence retire early oh okay okay oh no i've I've not heard of that but that was something that your father and i plan on doing ourselves and his goal was to retire at 50 and my goal was to retire at 55 so he made it, he retired at 54 and I retired at 58. That's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But we worked, we, we, we worked hard um, at um, making sure we put money away for everything. And every time we got, we received a, uh, increase in our salary instead of using that uh, just to spend it on things we would especially use half of that to go into retirement savings and then the other half we would be yeah, okay because we had to raise two kids put them through school so yeah yeah so we would spend half of our increase and the other half we would invest that's a real smart move yeah you know, you never know, just in case. We said just in case we lived long enough to retire, we didn't want to have to struggle. We wanted to, you know, have a decent uh, a retirement. So what would you say is your your average saving rate? Just for saving? Um, or average saving for everything? Yeah, just for everything. Like, I have the overall umbrella of saving? Well, if you can manage to live off of 75% of what you, you know, bring home, that's okay. But if you can do 50% of what you bring home, that's even better. And we had two incomes. So it was a little easier for us to put away as, as much as possible. Yeah, with the fire movement, they're like... 50% or higher for saving. Right. Yeah, 50% is, 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 to me, the minimum that you should be putting away. And I didn't even know about the fire movement. <laughs> but 
I could retire, it says, uh, what, it's 12 years. Uh, yeah, 50%. And a lot of people say, well, that's hard to do. But if you put that money away before you get your check, you never miss it because you don't see it. That's a major key. Automation. Yeah. Like, just make it automatic. Yes. Yes. And sometimes it's good to start slow. So like, okay, my goal this year is to like do 10%. And then next year, right. let me try to do 13 or something. 13. Right, right, right. You don't have to start at 50, but say to yourself each year, you're going to increase it and, and do that. Don't just say it, do it. And the time you get an increase, that's the best time to do it because you could take the bulk of that increase and put it away. It's pretty smart. Yeah. Uh, and another part of the fire movement is these people are like trying to be retired by the time they hit 40 or their 30s. Um, and it made me wonder, well, who will be working? But what I realized is that if, even if those people achieve their fire results, they would still continue to work. They would just do another job. Um, whether that was being an entrepreneur or working for in another field that they was always interested in and passionate about, but didn't think it would make enough money. Right, right. That was one thing uh, your father and I never got a chance to do. We wanted to open a bar. But we said, what if that bar didn't make it? And are we going to uh, take care of the family? and lose the business at the same time. So that's a good thing, uh, the fire, um, um, uh, I can't think of the word now, but the, to strive for. So you save what you need to save for retirement. Now I can get a job that I, job I really want to do, not to make money, but something I really want to do and be happy at going to work for. So I might make less money, but I already got my money put away, but now I'm happy because I'm, I'm doing exactly what I want to do. That's, that's a good idea. Are you going to be owning a bar soon? Is that, or? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, but that, I, that was one of the things that uh, we really wanted to do, open a bar. We really wanted to do that, yeah. Well, I, I, it's nice to know. I, I don't think I knew that. Well, I knew Dad wanted to open a juke joint, and he wanted. I knew the name that he wanted to name it, but I didn't know that was also your dream. Yeah, yeah. I like talk. I like meeting different people, uh, and I like uh, you know talking to different people and and learning things from them. And uh, a lot of times, you know, believe it or not, in fifteen minutes. If, if the person is really talkative, you can, you can learn a lot you can, and, and figure out if that's somebody that you want to spend more time with, you know, just because of the conversation, you know? So, yeah. So having a bar, that's what you need to do. And then sometimes you just want, some people just want to talk, get things off their chest. And so you have to know, okay, I just need to sit here and listen because that's all they want me to do. They don't want me to say anything. You say, yeah, you're right, you're right. Yeah, oh, okay. <laughs> so I, I, you could really do that in a ball. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Mom. I had such a great time. I even learned a little bit more about you. Funny how that, you know, I wasn't expecting that. 
So, uh, yeah. So the listeners of In the Pocket would love to know how to reach you. What's the plug? I'm retired and I don't have uh, a plug, okay? Except that I think Equality Maine is doing a great job up here. And if you want to make contributions to that, I would I would appreciate you doing that. Thank you. A thank you to our sponsors, the For Us, Buy Us Fund, which supports Black, Brown, Indigenous, and people of color living their best life in Maine. In the Pocket, a talk show that showcases Mainers, who are people of color. Each episode represents a member of the Maine community from art, culture, and business, the earth, wind, and fire of life embracing and exploring the black diaspora and descendants of American slavery through conversation is the foundational concept of In The Pocket. The overall mission of In The Pocket is to create conversational space for all people of color that is documented and celebrated through sharing of life experiences.